running Washington Nationals podcast going today. This podcast is proudly brought to you by our supporters club, Nats Talk on the Go, Special Ops. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Drugan and Craig McHenry. Joe and Craig, let's do it. Well, hey there, Craig. How's it going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about growing a goatee. <laughs> nice. You're getting it out of the way early. I'm getting well. We just had that thirty seconds of silence or whatever, and silence makes me really uncomfortable. <laughs> well, see, it's, that's the thing. It's the only person that there's silence for is you, man. <laughs> because I can hear it, and the listeners can hear it. So you know how they do those experiments that are like, we're gonna put this guy in a room, and we're gonna see if he does anything, or like how long it takes him to stand up from the table, and you know, <laughs> see how impatient he gets. I would last. 22 and one half seconds. They did that on this week's Surprisingly Awesome, actually. I, I'm last aware, week's. Joe. Yes. Where do you think I got it from? Nice. Okay, that's fair. Yes. That's fair. Sorry. Mattresses. Surprisingly awesome. Nice. So many things are surprisingly awesome. So, yeah, no, I was just sitting here. I was like, what am I going to talk about? Like, is this over yet? Come on, come on, come on, come on. So those of you who are baseball. extremely confused about what's happening, so we have a new streaming solution uh, and a way to record this podcast uh, that's new this week. We A couple weeks ago, the last time we tried to do a live show, uh, we had an issue with the stream going up and working. So uh, I don't like when things don't work, and I make sure to fix them. So... Uh, in the process of doing that, we hope we made it better. So the way it's going to work on our podcasts now going forward is uh, Craig and I, are, when we start doing our pre-show, we're just going to hit the stream button. So if you are one of the people that tunes in to listen to the live show and you uh, like to kind of – and you would like to hear some, some more content than what ha- occurs on the recorded version. Oh, it, it's probably not going to be baseball content very often. Oh, yeah, no. We're just going to talk about junk for – yeah. You know, 10, 5, 10, 15 minutes, whatever, until we decide it's it's time to hit the record button. But um, Or when Joe finally finds something that works right. Yeah, exactly. You know, I had to get the – today's game was I had to get the Caps game to stream somehow um, before we recorded because I didn't want to do it during the show. Uh, so, yeah, basically uh, now during – if you listen live, you'll be able to – if you join us earlier – uh, you'll get to hear the extra vamping stuff that we do beforehand, which is basically just us catching up for 10 or 15 minutes and, and planning the show for 30 seconds. Um, and then uh, you will also, if you're listening to the live show, you will hear the awesome music from the Crimson Electric and the voiceover from Josh Nelson uh, and the outro at the end of the show you will get as well. So you will know when the show recording begins and ends, uh, and then the beginning and end will just kind of us, be us talking. And... Uh, the only re- reason that we are able to do this is because special ops, special ops, special ops. And those of you that have bought fresh to death t-shirts. Yes. Um, um, yeah, we, we have promised you that we were going to try and put more of a professional face on this podcast um, because someone's got to do it. And it's certainly not going to be Joe or I, um, which is <laughs> we've enlisted your tremendous help and we now have a dedicated YouTube channel and a section on our website. If you just go to natstalkonthego.com slash live, uh, that's all you got to do to find the podcast uh, for live streaming. It's really simple. No more waiting for a link. You can literally just bookmark the website slash live, and 
it will tell you when we're online. And randomly, if you're there and it shows that we're there, we might just be working on something or whatever. Just pop on in. <laughs> you well, know? yes, that's exactly true. Michelle says that we keep cutting out, uh, well, which is, you know, to be expected with a new solution. Uh, but it's a major bummer. So it, are other people see, having the same issue? We, we can't hear what the audio sounds like so um, at the moment. So that's a that's a bummer. So tweet at us if uh, if we are, in fact, cutting out on the regular. Uh, for more people. Um, yeah, so like Craig said, we really appreciate it. And you it also, like you said, you can go to, the, he said, you can go to the live link, but also uh, if you're on the website at the top, there's the live stream button. If you hit the live stream button, you will also get the the same, uh, the same level of happiness. And Beard says we're being heard fine. So, hmm, interesting. Curious indeed. Mm, indeed, quite rather. Mm. Mm. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep going, and if more people start complaining, we'll try it again. Other benefit is if we do have technical challenges, uh, we have a little bit more leeway to splice together a podcast later on, unlike a couple weeks ago when uh, we were having an issue. So, um, yeah, more people are cutting out as well. Bummer. Uh, well, let me see. Since it's coming from my house, I will take one from the team and turn off the Caps game for now, seeing if that makes a difference. Don't think it will, though. Uh, anyway, do you want to spend some time and talk about some baseball? Uh, I kind of want to talk about some baseball. Yeah, I kind of do too. Um, I know that, so, uh, let's talk, let's go the other way, uh, and talk about the bad first, uh, rather than the good, which is a little uncommon, um, for us, but... Let's talk about the Pavlovon situation because okay. in, in that game where he, he blew the save a couple of nights ago, uh, I was only marginally functional. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So why don't you talk about uh, everything that happened and, and, and your thoughts on it a little bit? Okay, no problem. Uh, so the Nationals have been playing really good baseball lately. Uh, this road trip, they swept by the Phillies as discussed and the sky was falling and everything is awful. Um, and so they went and started this road trip and started it with a three-game sweep against the Cardinals in St. Louis, which has never, ever happened for this uh, D.C.-based version of the team. So went into the Royals, the World Series champions, beat them in game one. Game two, up comfortably. Royals start chipping away, start chipping away. Um, I believe Felipe Rivero was cruising through the eight, the Nationals. Uh, had a nice little lead there, and then Jonathan Papelbon came in. I want to say the game was six to three, uh, maybe six to four in the ninth. And Jonathan Papelbon just wasn't ready. He wasn't there. It was bad. It was rough. He was throwing his ninety-one mile an hour fastball. He was actually missing a couple bats, which uh, we'll discuss. We'll kind of diagnose some of his problems here in a little bit, but. Um, was missing some bats, but it just seemed to be off. He didn't have the right chemistry uh, with Wilson Ramos, who it was his, I believe, first game back from bereavement leave. Um, so they haven't thrown for each other in a little while. But they just were out of sync. Uh, some really questionable pitch calls. Uh, and I know FP said at one point on, I believe it was the game-tying hit, uh, Papelbon had just blown by with his 92, 91-mile-an-hour fastball. And then all of a sudden, he throws the changeup. Yeah, which... it, 
the thing that was so crazy about that is he brought Ramos out to tell him he wanted to throw the change up despite all that. And obviously he did and ended up having the issue. Yeah, that's that's a poor choice. And I'll tell you why baseball wise, they're not catching up to your fastball which means their bat is not fast enough to catch up to your fastest pitch, which 92 mile an hour is not very fast for a major league reliever these days. Not even close. No. Uh, so if they're not able to catch up to your 92, they can catch up to something slower like a changeup. Yeah, exactly. Especially um, if you, like you were saying, if they're already having trouble locate, he's already having trouble locating a pitch, which he yeah, was having trouble locating pitches. He was all over the place. He was high. Which, yeah. when, when you're throwing a changeup, is just the last thing you want to have happen. His his best pitch of the night was easily his slider. He threw a couple sliders that were just just fell right off the table, down and away to uh, a right-handed hitter, down and into a left-handed hitter. And I believe it was Mike Moustakis who got the game-tying hit yeah. uh, that got the changeup instead of anything else. Uh, he's dealing with a sore thumb which means his bat's going to be, A, a little bit slower, and he's not going to be able to get around on anything inside, and anything he hits on the inside from the trademark down is really going to hurt him and not have much behind it. I think so you tweeted that at the time. You were like, go in, yeah. come in, go, go in on him immediately. Go, I mean, if your hand is hurting, have you ever taken one off the end of the bat or off of the trademark and below? It stings. Yeah, it doesn't it's feel good. Not, does not feel good at all. So bat speed wasn't there. Felt like the scouting wasn't there. And I don't know whether uh, it was, you know, Maddox, Ramos, or Papelbon, or whatever it was. But it was just, it seemed really out of sync. Not a great situation. And Papelbon blew his second save of the year. And I know people, you know, it's early, blah, blah, blah. The sky kind of fell a little bit apart last night. Everyone went a little crazy, which... Understandable, you know, you're about to go five and zero on what everyone said was the hardest road trip, you know, of the year essentially, right. uh, especially after such a quote unquote easy start for the team. Right, and, and then to, chance... to be able to come in and do that against the competition that they were facing would have been yes, and to come in and go five and zero five straight to start the road trip would have been a big deal. And Papelbon comes in and. He just didn't have it, like we said, and that's really frustrating to see, especially when up until that point uh, the job was getting done by the rest of the bullpen and Tanner Roark, who had a phenomenal start again. Yeah, that's that's something that we didn't talk about in the in the pre-show, but I wrote down I definitely want to talk about Roark today because, yeah, he's been everything. <laughs> he's just so, been everything. So Papelbon blew his second save of the year. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, sorry. What? Um, what are you like? Cap scored. Oh, see, I can't. Like, I can't. on a silly, silly, silly goal. Anyway, sorry. Uh, focused. Um, yeah, Pavlon blew his second save of the year, and I know it's, you know, closers are going to blow saves, but how he blew the save was worrisome, yeah. and I'm not going to tell anyone not to worry, because we've spoken, you know, since Pavlon came. He's... 35-year-old closer. He's not young. His velocity is not there. He has to rely on location and cunning and guile. And he has not been able to show that as much this year. He's been hit hard, hasn't blown a lot of saves, but he's made a lot of close shaves. Right. Um, It's nerving to to watch. It's uh, not comfortable. 
Um, yeah. So I, in the first 25 games, he's blown two saves. That is a 14 blown save pace for the year. Just putting that out there. Yeah, it's which is about 14, which is about 10 to 12, many. 12. Okay, which is still which is about nine to, nine too many. Yeah, um, it's it's way too many to to deal with. And so I, I'm with you, Craig. I th- I think that you have to you have to think about it's okay to be concerned about it, right? Like, I don't think, I think the people who are saying, oh, well, don't, you know, don't worry about it, it's fine. No, there are enough factors there to look at outside of, you know, the the character issues that people still have with Papelbon, I get it, whatever, that's fine. But there are still enough pe- enough issues with the, on baseball, where it's okay to be a little concerned. And several people tweeted, tweet us about it, tweeted us about it, including uh including beard i know about a swinging strike rate and i know that it's a question that we have that, we're, that we are going to do later but since we're talking about it we might as well at least broach the topic um on average in his career jonathan pabaldon uh has swing and misses about 13 percent of the time yeah uh, the last i was two, gonna guess around 12 yeah the last two years it's been 12 um right now he's at 8.3 um yeah, which is up from the six it was yeah, exactly. Which is, I was just going to say that because before the game it was six, so he actually was missing more bats in the blown save game than earlier because it was at, like Craig said, it was at six. Um, I, it's a lower number. The sample size is still relatively small, but I think the point to make here that Craig already made is he's a thirty-five-year-old closer, and who doesn't have heat anymore. M- most thirty-five-year-old closers are not Mariano Rivera. Or, yeah. or anywhere in the world of Mariano Rivera or Trevor Hoffman or uh, Joe Nathan or, you know, just or, or, or. Um, you're just, I don't know. It, it's it's concerning. I am I, I would be lying to say I wasn't worried. It's He's hitting 93 still, but not consistently. And uh, I'm, I'm a little worried. Yeah, I, I think... I think it's okay to be worried, but I think the main thing people have to realize uh, that, you know, get a little crazy um, about it is that um, you don't have to – the world's not over, I yeah. guess. Uh, blown saves are going to happen regardless of who's in the closing role, um, and just because you're mad about – Jonathan Papelbon's swinging strike rate or the fact that he blow, blew a save doesn't mean you're not supporting the team. Yes. It doesn't mean that Papelbon is the devil. I know you don't have to like him. We've said before, I don't like him. Yeah, no. I root for him to get... do, and most of you who listen are this, in the same boat. But that doesn't mean I'm rooting against him. Yeah. I want him to succeed. And you're. it's okay to be frustrated about things. It's really okay. It's... Like, step off the ledge a little bit, be frustrated about it, but it's nice to get to the point where you can say, okay, four and one on the hardest road trip of the year, when the majority of folks knowledgeable about baseball said if the Nationals can win four or five on this whole trip, that should be considered a success. If the Nationals had come back from a this nine-game road trip against the Cardinals, the Royals, and the Cubs, three of the best teams in baseball— uh, and three of the, at least of the top seven or eight teams in baseball, and have a had a had a five and four record from that nine game swing, I would have been done. That's uh, sign me up. Where can I sign? 
Um, yeah. The, the fact that if they got swept by the Cubs, they would still have that record uh, is remarkable. They went in and they did business, despite, did their business despite what everybody was concerned about, that the competition at the beginning of the year was soft and everything. And not only did they do it, they have done it commandingly. They have, they have, they swept the Cardinals. They scored 17 runs in that three-game series. And then they, they destroyed the Royals in the rubber game of the series. Yeah, and, I mean, you're looking at, I know it's soft subject, sore subject, but three outs away from a sweep against the world champions. Yes. A, a very good world champion team. Yeah. Uh, except defensively for some reason, which is super weird. Yeah, well, um, that was that was insane. Three errors and, and three batters, essentially. I mean, three, yeah, three so, errors in the first five. So, yes, there is definitely place to be concerned about Jonathan Papelbon. Do you think he's going to be the closer after July 1? Uh, if he's healthy, yeah. You think so? Yeah. I think if, I think if, he's, if he is healthy... Yes. If if he is healthy or the team, he's not going to get released. No, he's not going to get released. No, so I'm not saying that. There, I'm saying there are one of two options. He hits the disabled list or he's the closer. Okay. I think I think that is basically that is basically the situation. What about you? I don't think so. Yeah. I just I just have a feeling that you know I'm not going to say he's going to blow eight saves in the first half or anything like that. I'm not going to put a number on it, but I think there are going to be many, many, many red flags that I think eventually the organization is going to have to do something. Yeah. Um, especially when the rest of the bullpen has been lights out phenomenal. The bullpen has been outrageously good. Yeah, they've been fantastic. And I mean... I, I was on uh, Navy Yard Notes podcast last week, and Felipe Rivero. I mean, yeah. we we talk. I I, could, I talked at length on that podcast about how he should be the next closer. I don't. I do not believe it should be Blake Trinan. I know oh. that's been his. Like people have mentioned Blake Trinan, future closer for a while, but dude just can't get lefties out. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. Felipe Rivero, you saw it last year, and you saw what he was capable of doing. And I think I don't think there's any doubt that if Jonathan Papelbon ends up not being the closer for any reason between now and the end of the year. Uh, it's 100% going to be Felipe Rivero. I don't think there's any doubt that he not only has the stuff to be the next closer, but assuming health and nothing crazy will be the Nationals closer in 2017 because he he has all of the tools to do it. He's a lefty that throws mid to upper 90s that can get righties out. He is the and and several times has pitched multiple innings. To, and while doing that, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he's the next. He's the guy that's going to do that. So yeah, I think I think there's going to be enough of a swell and a decrease in performance from Jonathan Papelbon, just because he's been doing what he's been doing for so long, and he's not going to be able to do it forever. And the red flags are already showing up in spades with the strikeout rate, with the velocity, with the location, and I mean pitch selection. That's an easy thing you can fix. Yeah, pitch selection's a real problem. And I, I will say, um, and I'm not certainly not blaming anybody, he's been throwing to, to uh, Lobatone for a little while now. For a right, few yeah, games. I, yeah. And I think there, there's an argument to be made that you're going to have, you know, Ramos comes back. It's the first time you've thrown to him in, you know, maybe a week and a half. You haven't worked with him at all. Uh, you, 
they were clearly having trouble getting on the same page. Uh, they had a really long conversation before the inning started, and then he he you know waved him out to the mound at some point before Mustakas had that hit. Um, I, you know, there's going to be a little bit of of issue there when you haven't pitched to a guy in a while, and I and I understand. And when you're in that kind of role, it's going to be amplified because everybody's watching and, and waiting for you to close the game out. So right. I I will acknowledge that, but. You can't you can't lie that he has a six point seven five strikeout per nine rate right now with a career rate of over ten, as a closer. As a closer, so uh, you you can't close games with a sub seven strikeout per nine rate. No, uh, and you can't. Red, yeah, the red flags are there. You should definitely. It's okay to be angry. Yeah, uh, and never let go. It only gets harder the more that you know. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, dude. Nice. You don't often get the yellow card reference in a podcast. Yeah, it was there. That's what it you come. There. That's what you come to Nats talk on the go for. Uh, yeah, it's okay. It's okay to be alarmed. It's okay. It doesn't mean you're a bad fan, and no one should make you feel bad about having an opinion for anything. Yeah, especially if you're going to base it on fact. Yes. Yes. Yes, I completely agree. Um, for those of you uh, listening in, uh, let us know if the quality is better, uh, if we're cutting out. I haven't seen anything about it, but please let us know if you're still having the same yeah, Beth, issues. Beth, a few minutes ago, uh, basically when you were vamping what I was doing, I, I, I have the podcast, you in one ear, and I have the podcast feed in another ear that I'm streaming from my phone. Um, and it seems to be doing pretty well. I'm checking in on it a little bit, but yeah, if you're having, that sounds right super confusing. It's, it's not been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> not going to lie. It's pretty confusing to hear myself over myself. Um, that sounds like a dream to me. Hello. Yeah, Go that's on. right. Um, so yeah, Padelbon, uh, enough of the bad. Let's get more of the good. Cause there's so much good to talk about. Yeah. Uh, speaking of bad, the Penguins just scored. Oh, that's, that is bad. It is bad. That is bad. Um, but yeah, a lot of good to talk about. Like we just mentioned, the Nationals are 5-1 and one on this road trip. Yeah. 5-1 and one going into four against the world leaders, Chicago Cubs. Yeah, the, the world-conquering Chicago Cubs, it seems like. Nice. It's, a, you know, it, it, the way that the season's been going. But um, it's, you're talking about, they're going into a series with the it's the two best teams in baseball that are about to face off against each other for a four game series. It's going to be a show, but you have to look at the six games before that to kind of get an idea to the way nationals, the nationals are going into it. And if you're a nationals fan, you really can't be happier about the way they're going into a series with the best team in baseball. Yeah. You had to feel coming into today's uh, matinee affair after blowing the save, the 2015 nationals probably would have gotten three hit. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. They would have just been dead, dragging, down on themselves, all of that. And instead, they came out and scored six runs in the first inning, and I think five before any outs were recorded. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it's been dominant. They And I think the, the first inning and the 13-2 shellacking of the Royals on Wednesday um, was the... Like the six runs in the first inning, which was the the biggest inning of the year by far, and then uh, let alone it was in the first inning, and then just continuing to pour on throughout the game is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's something we haven't seen much uh, in the past from this team. A lot of first inning runs, but not a lot of adding on. 
uh, really given other teams a chance to chip away at the lead and get to a point like yesterday where, you know, all of a sudden it's six to three, six to four, and the other team has a chance to come back. Um, the Nationals just took it, and instead of, you know, okay, we have a lead, we've got Strasburg on the hill, he's just going to, you know, give us good six innings, give up maybe a handful of runs, but, right, you know, just kind of sit on a lead, park the bus, if you will. Um, they did not do that. They uh, put their foot to the floor and really just kept trying to lay on and get more runs, get more hits, all of that, and it really was impressive to watch and follow. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, yeah, uh, great, great start to the road trip. Uh, it's nice to see the team really get those extra runs and kind of take the pressure off of everyone. Because last night, I'm sure the team was feeling it. They were probably feeling down. The games are ending so late oh. <laughs> because I'm so old. So I don't get to see any of the post-game quotes, and I am far too busy to read gamers in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure the team was a little bit frustrated. Uh, so it was nice to see them really come out with a vengeance today and make sure that same thing didn't happen again. And from what I, what I was seeing, uh, I'm pretty optimistic about it because, uh, with the, with the blowing of the game, Papelbon really owned up to it. He was like, yeah, I mean, I wasn't locating my pitches. I wasn't whatever. He was very, you know, this was on me. Uh, I will be better next time. And I yeah, which I, is which is exactly what you want to hear. I respect the hell out of that because yeah. it, you know it could, it would be really easy for him to be like, nah, I'm going to be fine. It's good. And he, he's like, yeah, I'm going to be fine. But I wasn't today. It was pretty bad. Right. You know, I I have no problem with a guy being real honest about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I'm just I'm so happy to see. You know, Bryce Harper, prior to Wednesday's game, scuffling on a, on a pretty extended scuffle. Um, and it, Yeah, it, ever since that day off. Yeah, yeah, really threw him off. But, you know, you can't blame – you've got to give a guy a day off. You have no, to do it. No. You can't – especially a guy that, that gets hurt every once in a while. You know, you can't – you have to give that guy time off. Um, but everybody else is clicking – and yeah, and that's Harper two so for cool. four with a bomb today. Say that again. Harper two for four with a bomb today. So yeah, that it, I almost feel like that the hit in the first inning that just landed in front of the center field. Little that blooper. Little yeah. blooper. Sometimes that's all you need to break out of your slump. Uh, it, it's pretty common across baseball. Um, yeah, it's they call that a slump buster. Yeah, exactly. It's a it is a slump busting hit, and then later in the game he hits a home run. Now you know everybody's teeing off in the game, but. Sometimes that's what you need. You just need a little confidence. You get you get the feel back, and uh, yeah, he just Harper for for a little while looked super uncomfortable at the plate, just like flying off, uh, not you know, flying off the ball, trying to pull everything. He had a really ugly strikeout in today's game where he was clearly trying to hit it seven thousand feet down the right field line to pull, and you know, whoever was pitching at the time threw to the opposite side, and it's like you can't you can't do that to a guy. Uh, you know, you can't just assume you're going to be able to pull it off to a, like that. But uh, even if you are a Bryce Harper uh, and when you're scuffling, but uh, the rest of the lineup has done work. Daniel Murphy has been a god. Daniel Murphy. Yeah, I mean he. It, it, somebody tweeted today, and I don't remember who it was, and I was like, oh man, that's so true. That that dude BP turning down the Nationals because they wouldn't extension is the extend him is the best thing that happened to the nationals this off season. <laughs> yeah. Was that this off season? Yeah. This past off season. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
It was he turned them down, and then Murphy signed. I thought Christmas that was Eve. like three years ago, I man. I know it was so crazy. long ago. It's crazy. Um, yeah, that was a it was a phenomenal signing. And uh, another thing that I spoke with with the Navy Yard Nats boys, three years, thirty eight million dollars. Yeah, that's paying for itself pretty well at this point. Yeah, even if you know we get one year of seeing this kind of production, that's worth it. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing you 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 talk about with uh, with Scherzer. You know, he's had a rough start this year, but after last year, it's like, man, that's. <laughs> and Michelle says it was Heyman that, that made the comment about about Brandon Phillips, which is John Heyman, which is which sounded right. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Daniel Murphy, uh, and I do believe he was my surprise pick of the year. Surprise player was? of the year. Yes. I could find out. Yeah, I think we might have talked about this last week. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, Daniel Murphy's been absolutely phenomenal, more than anyone's expected, more than he's expected, more than he's ever been before. Uh, You worry a little bit about sustainability, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. I'm not going to talk about that because I just want to watch it. It's amazing the things he's doing. He is getting on base three times a game. Yeah, it's it's unreal to think. And this is – this is no longer small sample. I mean, it's small sample size, but it's not s- tiny sample size. Right. We're we're looking at like a hundred abs now. Yeah, it's pretty. When when you're talking about the numbers that Murphy's been able to put up, and I'm pulling them up now, he, he on the year he's he's hitting three ninety eight with a four forty nine on base percentage, uh, with four home runs. Uh, yeah, that that's good. Just. Just a little perspective, though. It's, it's good for a, a WRC plus of 192, which is worse than the one that Bryce Harper put up for the entire season last year. So, you know. Yeah, Harper is good. We know. Yeah, I know. I just I just wanted to put it's, that in perspective. And now I'm making ridiculous. sure I was right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, wait for it. No, uh, yep. Harper was 197. Jesus. Uh, so, yeah. Offense is clicking. Jason Worth is really coming out of his uh, beginning of the season funk and has really gotten his timing there where he can catch up to 92 and 94 and 95 mile an hour fastballs and put the ball in play with some serious authority. Uh, It's great. Uh, Rendon, he hit a home run this series. He's hitting some doubles. He's starting to snap out of it. Ryan Zimmerman, he's snapping out of it. Ramos really just came off the bereavement list and – started hitting immediately is totally locked in yeah Yeah. totally and completely locked in uh espinoza scuffling uh a little bit but he's back to providing stellar defense and then michael a taylor who is michael a taylor and i still believe he's going to be headed down to syracuse uh tomorrow yeah i am and i know i'm not the only one that thinks that no i think there are a lot of people who think it I am not convinced that you're not. I think you're... Holy double negatives, Batman. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I don't think you're Way wrong. to take a stand. I know. I don't think you're wrong. Um, I I still think there's a good chance it could be Dendecker. Um, yeah. But it's either going to be Dendecker or Taylor. Um, yeah. I think there's an argument to be made that Dendecker is more valuable right now. Um, and so I think that it probably should be Taylor who goes down. I'm not saying anything about Taylor's future. Uh, I'm right, just saying, of course. Yeah, I'm just saying that 
Yeah. No, he's been he's been a hole at the top of the order for the most part. I mean, he's got a leadoff home run here, a couple of home runs there, but really, I believe he's hitting right around 200 with an on-base percentage really not much better than that. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, which is what you don't yeah, want to th- see, which is... I think his on-base when I looked earlier was like 220 or something. Yeah, so you, you really... Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Revere and seeing what the actual Nats lineup can do uh, to start... Uh, because we got, what, four or five innings of it at the beginning of the season? Yeah. Yeah, 220, so, 221 his on-base his on, his on percentages. Yeah, you don't want that at the top of the lineup for sure. It's pretty tough right now. Um, and I, like I said, I made an argument earlier that even if he started to scuffle, you can't do too much about about it, honestly. Because if um, if you move it around, you're, you're messing up everybody else's in, where they're comfortable in the order. And I still kind of feel that way, but... I only can feel that way because I know Ben Revere is about to come back. If, yes. If I thought that we were going to talk about three or four more weeks of Mike Lay Taylor leading off, then they were going to have to do something else. Yeah. Right. You, you, but either way, Taylor's days as a starter right now are numbered. Oh, yeah. And that's the way it should be. Yeah. That's, that's, his job is supposed to be the fourth outfielder. And, and I think that you know there's an argument to be made that when he becomes the fourth outfielder, his value goes back up because he doesn't have to lead off. And so you send down Dendecker. Um, but at the same time, it's always good to have an extra lefty around. Den Decker provides decent defense at the corners, um, and hopefully Revere is back and healthy. And um, it's just a matter of how often do you, how much time do you plan on playing Revere when he comes back? Is he going to become a six day a week player again, or are you going to kind of nurse him back and give him four or five days a week? Because if that's the case, you really need another center fielder. You can't rely on Harper or Den Decker to do it two or three days a week. That's not a good plan. Yeah, definitely not. But I still, I still think it is. And uh, for those of you, uh, the emoji was uh, for Taylor today's game was the Statue of Liberty, which is located in which state, Joe? Uh, uh, New Jersey. Close, very close. I'm sure they <laughs> want it. Uh, I'm making it up, you know. But you know it's 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 in the same state that AAA is in. So yes. Yes, I know, I know. Uh, also, yesterday it was on a bus because minor leaguers ride the bus. Yeah. Uh, so, a little That's, insight there. It's nope. the emoji process. Nope. Nice. Well done. Wow, you're. I thought you were really holding that closer. You you, you let somebody in on your secrets. Well, I, I, I said a good 90, 95% of them actually mean something. So Yeah. Every now and then I'll tell you what it means. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm starting to get better. Just so oh, all of you out there that are listening, I don't get it either a lot of the time. I'm working on it, but Craig, also, Craig doesn't explain it to me. No. It's, it's, it's not just you he doesn't explain it to. He says, no, it's, mo- he it's more fun. He sticks to the, it means whatever you want it to mean. That's right. It's up for interpretation. Yeah. He- but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see Revere come back. Uh, that's going to fill one hole in the lineup, and then we're just looking right now at, uh, I guess, Danny Espinosa, which his defense is there right now. So, and he, he's, he's done so much with his arm, turning some double plays that, did not think were possible. It, it's been insane, and it made even more impressive by the fact that he's making up for noodle throws by Daniel Murphy. Which Making up for noodle throws by Daniel Murphy, and then you really see how amazing it is when Stephen Drew is playing short. Yes. And even the cameramen are like, oh, wait, I have to go slower because I just waited for the ball at first base. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's impressive. Because yeah, they, so... they get used to it. They get used to the, to the arm. 
So, yeah, do you uh, have any predictions for this weekend's series against the Cubs? Um, I think they're going to split. Yeah, I think a split as well. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go. I want to be more confident, but they've been playing so well, you just... I want to like temper ex- my own expectations, honestly. Uh, so uh, yeah, I kind of feel like they're going to split. What about you? I think a split as well. Uh, and I'm going to say something that's insane right now. I am really happy that Sunday's matchup is Arietta versus Roark. I really don't think I, I can't think of anyone I'd rather have facing Jake Arietta. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty I, bold. <laughs> I think, well, I think I would normally say Steven Strasburg. Yeah. But I think, um, the hype of Strasburg Arietta would be a lot. Yeah. Uh, and I think that for Tanner Roark, the casual fan is going to say, oh, okay. Oh shit. Holpe just got destroyed. Oh, um, I think the casual fan uh, is going to be like, oh, Tanner Roark versus Arietta. Oh, that's going to be a cakewalk. And Roark's just going to do his thing. You know? He's just going to do his thing quietly, and he's not going to get affected the way that uh, I think a Steven Strasburg would. So I I don't think the Nationals are going to win on Sunday against Arietta because Arietta is superhero good right now. Like, his numbers, his uh, adjusted for uh, era are better over a 162-game stretch, not, like, start stretch, but, you know, over 30-whatever starts or whatever, are better than Bob Gibson, <laughs> uh, who, after he was amazing, they lowered the mound yeah. to make baseball more fair. They literally changed so, the rule. Yeah, so Arietta's been that good. I think that it's going to be closer and better than anyone thinks. And I really am happy that it's Tanner Roark there because I think he's got the right personality and the right uh, attitude. And he's underrated enough that he might be overlooked a little bit by the Cubs hitters. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I like, I like that thought. And just to, I just pulled up Jake Arietta's numbers and I actually almost laughed out loud. Dude, it's superhero numbers. It's video game numbers. You know what his left on base percentage is? Uh, all of it. 96%. Yeah. All of the percents. <laughs> That's insane. Like, like above 70% is good. <laughs> this is 96%. That's crazy. Um, yeah, that's, and his strikeout rate's low. That's the crazy part. He's only got a 7.74 strikeout rate. That's, oh, yep. that's, wow. That's, wow. hell, even Papelbon's, you know, oh, wait. Mm. Mm. What are you all waiting? I'm just nothing. I'm not comparing Papelbon and Ariadne. Yeah, I was gonna say, are you are you baiting? Is that what you're doing? No, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I'm excited for that. I think a split uh, is in the in the making. I love the way uh, Max Scherzer pitched in his last start. It was, uh, I guess you could say, vintage Max Scherzer. Yeah. Uh, phenomenal yeah. appearance. Geo's resurgence has been stuff of legend, and Joe Ross has been. Just fantastic. So I'm really excited about the matchups. I think the teams are evenly matched 
Yeah. Very I, much so. Evenly matched as really good teams. And you, you, speaking of the rotation, it kind of, you start looking at it and, and it's back to reminding you of like, it reminding me of like the pitching rotation uh, from 2012. You know, that just like every day you're facing somebody who is extremely good and is probably better than the guy you're putting out there at any given time. Um, and that, you know, that to me is the most impressive part about all of it. I, I'm really, really excited to to see this series, and I'm going to miss Thursday nights, but I'm going to be glued to the TV Friday, Saturday, and Sunday because I I want to watch these games so bad. Yeah, so well, bad. Yeah, if you want company, you should just come over. That might be in the cards. That could, that could be. Yeah. One. No, it's in the it's the Cubs, Joe. We just played the cards. Hi yo. Hey yo. There you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, so I'm excited. I'm really excited. This road trip, uh, everyone that's anyone said win four, win five on the road trip, and you're sitting really good. It's a successful road trip, and the Nationals have already won five. So we're looking at uh, playing with house money right now. It's awesome. Four games of house money. Obviously, momentum, quote-unquote, is a thing that people believe in, especially you know baseball players. I was so, going to say that I think more import- most importantly, it's the, the players believe it. <laughs> so Yeah, so you, you, you don't want to go in there and get swept and be like, oh, well, we won five and five. Uh, on the road trip, you're pretty good. So you you want to put on a good show, but uh, five wins would would have been considered a very successful road trip out of this uh, swing. So really happy to see it. Really excited to see what happens in these next four games because it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be good baseball. It's going to be uh, not three errors in one inning baseball, yes. you hope. I completely agree with that. Completely yeah. oh. agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any other points to hit before we uh dig into questions i don't know if we if we missed anything that we wanted to talk about might be a might be a smarter a, a smarter i'm smarter too, too too distracted uh i think that it might be a bit of a shorter show today but that's okay because we we're trying out a new format and we hit some snags and we're gonna figure it out next time I like the word snag. Snag. Snag is a good word. Oh, uh, I do want to bring up the the thing that you tweeted yesterday about uh, when Chinming Wong came into the game. And you tweeted out, uh, did the Royals pick up Uneski Maya too? What about Garrett Mock? And Michelle yes. tweeted out John Lannon, and it turned out John Lannon is actually in that organization. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I thought I was really pulling something with Aaron Crow because, you know. That was a nice deep cut. Yeah. Was, and that's one. That's like next level thinking that's what i was going for but john john lannon wins because it's just it's quintessential former bad nats situation yeah number one starter john lannon yeah it's ridiculous joe ross better than john lannon yeah oh god so much better he's number five not even uh comparable so Uh, two questions. Uh, Beard tweeted us the very serious question. Thank you, Beard, but which we already talked about about a Johnny Jonathan and his velocity. I love Johnny Jonathan. I love the name. That's I a love great that whole name. thing. That did was you, a really funny little thing. That was a funny thing because did you see Colco's explanation later? Yeah, because he was so confused. Yeah, he was so confused about what was. He's like, "Did I? We'll have to go to the tape. I have no idea." Because he was saying he was saying thanks to Johnny Holiday, and yeah, oh god, so good, um, Johnny Jonathan. Johnny? Jonathan. Uh, Nash at Wicked Flow is asking us, uh, 
might not be the popular decision, but probably Dendecker gone, which we which we already talked about. I uh, you know I think that's what I'm putting my money on, but uh, I think it probably should be Michael A. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jude wants us to give some kudos to the catchers. Uh, Lobaton did a great job in several straight days, and Wilson on his return. Uh, yeah, we talked about the Ramos bat being amazing, but Lobaton, he is among the best backup catchers in baseball. He'd be starting for the vast majority of teams, I think. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He's been getting it done a little bit with the bat and then uh, managing the staff. And, I mean, we'll talk about Mike Maddox at length for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, just to how great a job he's done. But some credit definitely has to be given to the catchers. Yeah, totally, totally agree. Totally agree. The they there's a huge factor there in uh, in in Mike Maddox, obviously, but the catchers have been doing everything that they need to be doing, like everything plus more. So yep. I they deserve a whole lot of credit. Uh, Fang wants to know how we would design the bullpen squad. What? The bullpen squad. How would we design the bullpen squad? I assume how would we ideally move people around into their into their roles? Oh, into roles? Oh no, I don't want roles at all. Yeah, I your your Davy Johnson mentality, which I also oh yeah, like. I'm I'm Ben Lindbergh, Sam Miller. You put your best pitcher in in the highest leverage. Yeah, that's your Felipe Rivero should be pitching when you're facing. Mike Trout, you know, that's, that's the way, that's the way it should be. Yeah. I, I, I agree. Um, you know, you're, you have your, your high level. I mean, I would, their roles or their, uh, their, the design for me would be your high leverage guys would be, uh, would be Papelbon, Trinan and, uh, Rivero. And then your middle leverage guys would be Oliver Perez and Sean Kelly um, and I'm missing somebody that I'm just totally drawing a blank on. And then your low leverage would be Matt Belisle and Petit and, uh, other people. Why am I drawing a blank? You're good, man. Don't worry about it. All right. It's fine. Uh, yeah, that's how I would do it. Uh, <laughs> strategy for constructing a lineup. Fang also asks, des- describe ideal traits for each spot. Uh, obviously you want your high OBP guys, uh, at the top of the order, power guys sitting three, four ish. Uh, and then I like to have, uh, not a low OBP guy at the bottom, but someone that's kind of in the middle, not like your worst, uh, kind of around that eight. If it's, we're talking nationally just to, you know, get on base and get that lineup turned over. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, the, I know that the, uh, giants, during uh have have been hitting uh angel pagan there um yeah hitting him ninth you know hitting pitcher eight and hitting pagan ninth to and so then it's pagan span to turn the lineup over which is brilliant it's just in the line of what you're talking about um which is which is awesome i uh i love it yeah bruce bochy's pretty good at baseball bruce bochy and joe madden they they get the credit for a reason they and they deserve every last uh every last little bit of it um yeah, I I mean I agree with what Craig said because we have the same thought process on that. Uh, the the uh, the Fringy Bros want to know uh, why do lady keep going places and leaving we behind with not ladies? Wow, process where to, it. Where to, process where it. Where to begin on that one? Yeah, um, yeah. I think I'm there. 
uh, lady should not go places. No, lady should go places, but lady should bring Frenchies everywhere. There's the answer. Yeah, I think I think we need to design like a handbag that can like go over both shoulders, like a side backpack that was like <laughs> almost like a a two sided fanny pack that goes on your hips. I like it. Each hip. And you get a Frenchie on each side. I like it. Um, I like yeah. it. Yeah, kind of like sidecar, like a sidecar yeah. for Frenchies. Yeah, like a double sidecar. It yeah. would be like a tricycle car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, Fang asks, where, where do we where do we stand on toothpicks and their usage? And do we have a favorite flavor of toothpick? Uh, I'm not a toothpick fan. Yep. I don't have an oral fixation. <laughs> Uh, although I've been digging on some sunflower seeds lately. Oh, I haven't had sunflower just, seeds all year. I need some so bad. Just sitting in the car, like, I'll just have, a, like, an empty bag, and I'll just spit the seeds in them. But yeah. I got some buffalo ranch seeds. Ooh. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, but if I were to have a toothpick, I would say wood-flavored. <laughs> what, what kind of wood? Would you go for oak? I, uh, maybe a balsa. Nice, nice. Yeah. I, I would, you know what I'd go for? Mahogany. Word from a wood from a birch tree. Ooh, a birch tree. Nice. Because I know it's a little soft, but then you're getting that birch beer flavor. You know what? Or a nice oak, maybe. Maybe a maple. I think maple would be good. Yeah. Ooh, maple. Because because syrup. Yeah, that would be good. I would enjoy yeah. that quite a bit. Uh, but I, I, maybe a nice oak. Maybe a nice oak. That's good. I'm I'm I am pro toothpick, uh, and I I like to use them because I do have an oral fixation. So there you go. Nice. It is. Yes. The Big Train DC asks, uh, do we think the Nets should try to sign Tim Lincecum? And my answer is no. Uh, My answer is, if Tim Lincecum is really good at his showcase on Friday, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, why not? I mean, I don't think there's any chance that the Nationals would give him a major league deal. To a minor league deal, I say yes. To yeah. a major so, league deal, yeah. I'm, I'm saying I just assumed a major league deal. Minor league, if he pitches well, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, no one knows what Tim Lincecum is. He's throwing, he's throwing a showcase, so I think 20-some teams can actually go see him. Yeah. And the Nationals are one. If he does well, and the scouts say, okay, let's sign him, then you got to trust the scouts. Yeah. But I... I, I, I don't. I think someone else will sign him because I think the Nationals bullpen is sitting quite nicely right now. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't think. I don't think there's a need. Uh, but to a minor league deal, even if he pitches pretty, pretty good, why not do it? You know that the potential is there. Uh, you get your, you get yourself some org depth from a pretty good guy. Ooh, ooh! I have to ask this one that Michelle. Uh, That's, just asked. it's a good one. I was gonna. Yeah, go ahead. Who is the Mike Milbury of Major League Baseball? I don't know. It's uh, Hawk Harrelson? Ah, yes. That's a good one. That's a really, really good one. I'm gonna, it just came to my head, and I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Hawk Harrelson. Yeah, moron, old school. Yeah, the, will not go modern. Does it, only, only barely pays attention during the actual game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have another? Do you have another guess? Uh, you know, I would want to say Kurt Schilling just for the moron. Oh factor. yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a but, really good one. But Mike Milbury's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> he's just dumb. He's not a bigot and a racist. Yeah. That that we know of, which makes him different from Kurt Schilling. <laughs> True story. True story. Like if he is, he's smart enough to not do dumb stuff on Facebook. Yes. 
That's that is true. And so you know what? That makes him smarter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Beard says, so today was a great day, yes? Yes. Agreed. Josh asks, which something we already talked about, about Papelbon and concern for the team. Uh, Beard asks, which asks which national Harold think... Reynolds is a good one. Oh, who said Harold Reynolds? Michelle. Oh, that's really good. That's, that's a good one. That's probably better. That's better. Than, than Hawk Harrelson. It's close, but yeah, probably better. It's... Yeah, because Harold Reynolds, you know, former player. In, for, former player, yeah, exactly. That's yeah, That would so. be the differentiating criteria. Good one, Michelle. Ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. Yeah, okay. Um, if you... Uh, sorry, Beard asked, which, uh, which national do you think would make a great president? I feel like we answered this in the preseason. Did we? I feel like we did, but maybe not. I make things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't have an answer to that question because <laughs> I get too caught up on politics of people. Max Scherzer. Yes. Max Scherzer. <laughs> uh, I Max feel like Scher- I would agree with his social perspective on things enough that I could vote for the guy. Uh, Scherzer Harper because Harper would make baseball fun again. Nah, good answer. Better answer than mine. Yeah. Uh, Feng, I, I just took it and ran with it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Fang wants to know uh, if you had to do a live podcast, but not at Nats Park, which venue would you like to broadcast from? Like, no criteria at all. I, I say no criteria at all. The Oval Office. Oh, yeah. That's real good. Yeah. Ah, that's real good. Um, yeah. yeah, go after that one, buddy. I. I don't know if I could because I think I would poop myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do that most of the time yeah, anyway. Oh, come on. Uh, I, I don't have a better answer than that. i got to move on because I have no idea. That's Oval Office is a very good answer. Uh, nice. For baseball, I would say maybe Prince's Palace, but uh, Prince is no longer with us. R.I.P. Because he would make pancakes for everyone. <laughs> nice. Uh, for baseball uniform pants, Fang wants to know. Do you go with the high socks or the pajama bottoms? Oh, come on. Anyone that knows me would know high socks all the way. If anybody says not high socks, we got to talk. Yeah. It's high socks. It's always high socks. Uh, uh, okay. Stirrups, sannies, all that. All, all the good stuff. Uh, Michelle asks Papelbon again, so we'll move on to that. Uh, oh, so Guzman asked us a question, but I favorited... Only one of the things. Okay. Uh, might be too late for the week. No, it is not. You got in under the wire. Where will Strasburg pitch next season? Will he resign? Will the Nats let him go a la Jazim traded? If he goes under uh, Jay-Z like circumstances, how will the fans react? I think a big meh. That's, that is what DG Quovetimus says. What do you say, Craig? Uh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah, you think, you think he's gone? Yeah. Yeah, I I think there's a chance he stays. Um, I don't think there's much chance he stays. But I think it's unlikely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, I would put the odds below 5%. Yeah, and I, I think he there's a chance he goes to the Padres. Um, I don't think so. You don't think they're going to pay it? I, I think they would pay it. You know, hometown guy comes home, whatever. Uh, but I just don't think Strasburg would go there. Not contendery enough? Not contendery enough. Okay, that's fair. I think Los Angeles is close enough, and they will back up five Brinks trucks. 
Well, they definitely will do that. I just, I don't know that he wants that kind of spotlight. He won't have that kind of spotlight. He's He'll be got, number two. Kershaw. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah, maybe, maybe could play out. Uh, I, I think that the average fan will will be meh. I agree. I will be crushed and devastated. It's gonna be sad. Yeah, that's. I mean, I will just, I will just be sobby because I love that guy. Um, I love the way that guy pitches. Um, yeah. Beard asks which pitcher is going to hit the first homer of the season. None of them. Wow. Yep. What about for you? Uh, I think it's going to be someone like Yuzmiro Petit. <laughs> oh, God, that would be the best. It's going to be in either mop-up duty or way-ahead duty. Ollie, Ollie Perez. Nice. That would be good. Um, I think that is it. That's it. That's the questions. The questions are done. Anything else to add before we uh, play the outro music? I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, I think uh, I'm good. I'm really excited for baseball. Yeah, I am too. It's it's fun. It's back to being fun again. Uh, and the one thing that I did want to say before we, we we wrap it up is, you know, you as a fan of a sport, you have the obviously have the right to feel how you want to feel about things, and don't let people tell you otherwise. But also remember that. 162 games is a lot, and losing a, getting swept by a team you perceive shouldn't be good isn't a reason to be concerned about their traje- trajectory of a season. That's that's all. That's the one little piece of caveat I will say on that. Nice. So that's it for this episode of Nats Talk on the Go. We appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you guys. for listening to Nats Talk on the Go. For more information, check us out at natstalkonthego.com. To become a supporting member of the podcast, click on the special ops link at the top of the page or head right to natstalkonthego.com slash special ops. You can contact the guys at Nats Talk on the Go on Twitter or send them an email at podcast at natstalkonthego.com. If you like what you heard, take a minute to review the podcast on iTunes and help us spread the word. See you next time. Let's go Nats.